BGWT Presents, Go From Valoria by T.L. Ford. Episode 2, Food Fight. Miss Jordan, the assignment is not going to complete itself, said Ms. Welsh. She sat at the front of the class wearing her oversized glasses and bold red lipstick that stained her teeth. She was the latest of newbies to arrive in the town in the last year or so. She wouldn't last for long. They usually stayed for a few months before moving on to bigger cities. They complained about the dry heat, the lack of grocery stores, the bad internet service, and the amount of dirt that swept into their homes at night. They were graduates fresh out of college and looking for a source of income. We didn't mean anything to them. For most of us, we were just money to them. I had drifted off into one of my many daydreams again. The dreams were occurring more frequently. The dreams were always about my mom and the night she disappeared. I kept replaying that night over and over again. I could still smell the scent of her perfume mixed in with the wet dirt. In one dream, she screamed for me. Her voice felt so real. I searched for her in the dark but I was caught by a light and brought back to reality. I woke up covered in sweat in the middle of senior math. Ms. Walsh, who had emerged from her throne at the front of the class, tapped her ruler on my desk and shook her head in disappointment. The class erupted in laughter as big puddles underneath my armpits became visibly noticeable. Do you want to change out of that sweatshirt, Miss Jordan? She asked further humiliating me. My daily wardrobe consisted of a grey sweater with a hood that covered my brown curls and most of my school uniform. It is the same sweater I have been wearing since sixth grade. I hadn't grown much and we couldn't afford fancy new uniforms. With Rick's gambling problems, we barely had enough to cover my school tuition. My uniform was second-handed, given to me by my previous math teacher who saw the seams ripping on my khaki pants. No, I am fine, I said once the class was quiet. I couldn't focus on the math assignment in front of me. Today, I turned 16. There was no party being held for me. No one to cheer me on in the hallway. It was just another day in their lives, just like the day my mother disappeared. I needed to make it through today to get to Cape Town. I was going to escape, and by escape, I mean to bust out of these walls and run away. I hadn't been successful in my last attempts, but today was different. Maybe it was being a year older that brought on this new confidence in myself. Another year of being in Grayton meant another 365 days of being locked in a room, or having rocks pelted at your head. I didn't know which was worse. I drew a bunch of numbers on my paper and asked to be excused for the restroom. I intended to remain in the restroom until the end of the class, but of course, the school didn't allow me the chance to hide. As the bathroom doors opened, I immediately lifted my feet off the ground and crouched over the toilet seat. I could smell her scent miles away. It was as if she bathed in rosemary and vanilla. It's what the model smell like she once said to our fifth grade class. You're not smart at hiding sweaty, she said in a high-pitched voice. She banged on the bathroom door causing one of my legs to slip off the toilet seat. 
See the thing about Rachel is that she doesn't stop until she gets what she wants. And right now, she wants to further my cause of being the town's freak. I glanced at her feet as she walked back and forth in front of the store. There were two other sets of feet with her, Jody and Vanessa, her minions or as I like to call them dumb and dumber. Once upon a time, way before the fiasco in fifth grade, we were all playground playmates. Now, I spend my time hiding from them in bathroom stalls. My objective was to remain quiet as long as she didn't devise a plan of kicking in the door, which I heard she did to the new girl Jessa. I am saved by the bell as the bathroom is flooded with girls from the lower grades. I couldn't hide in the bathroom all day, I would eventually have to go to lunch which headmaster Clark counted every student in the cafeteria. The students at this school were notorious for skipping lunch and going to the fields to make out. Once the bathroom was cleared, I gathered my composure and exited. This day was almost over. I had two more classes before I could rush home to finish packing. I wasn't packing much just a book bag with some clothes and toiletry. I had to be careful this time and I had to do it as soon as the sun went down. The red bus was making its last stop of the month at the only rest stop in town at 7. There was only one way in and out of Grayton. I had just enough for a ticket to get out. Rick usually knocked out at 6 but he was a light sleeper and I had to be careful walking around the apartment. My stomach was growling but I wanted to avoid the cafeteria as much as possible. It was a breeding ground for trouble. Lunchtime was the only time the girls and boys could mix and mingle. Hormones were high at this time. Rachel and her squad took up the center table. Our school wasn't big, maybe 500 students at best, so it wasn't hard to notice that Rachel was the it girl of the school. Rachel was rich, her parents were successful bankers from Australia who moved to South Africa in search of peace and tranquility. They lived in their Victorian-style homes while we made do with our shacks. Headmaster Clark stood like a black knight in front of the double doors leading into the cafeteria. His eyes zoomed across the cafeteria mentally counting each student. He knew every student by name and could tell you your life history in 10 minutes or less. He wasn't a genius just a former soldier. He locked eyes with me and I could feel my insides fall apart. I tried to squeeze past a few students who were ahead of me, but he managed to stop me. Miss Jordan, I see you have a birthday today, he said. I stopped in my tracks not knowing what to say next. He was the first to acknowledge that today was my birthday. I could easily nod my head and turn away but then he will question my mood and suggest I visited the school psychologist for a therapy session. I hated that word, therapy. I couldn't bear another 30 hours of sitting on a couch and getting asked the same questions. So, tell me how your mother leaving has affected your well-being or it's okay to cry. I stopped crying years ago. I had to grow a tough skin to survive this cruel town. Thank you, I muttered under my breath. You have to speak louder Miss Jordan. Intelligent people are heard not seen. Thank you, Mr. Clark. He smiled and went back to duty. I grabbed a plate of whatever they were serving today and found a seat in the back of the cafeteria.
it was classified as the loner table or no man's table depending on whom who you were talking to. There was me, the kid named Carter who spent too much time at the local bookstore, the new girl Jessa, and a few other students. We kept our distance but acknowledged each other with a simple nod. The new girl Jessa peeped her head over at me several times. She always seemed as if she was about to say something, but nothing ever came out of her mouth. She was a tiny girl with jet black hair and caramel skin. There was not much known about her except for she came from the States and lived somewhere near the mountains. She fixed her glasses and took a spoonful out of the meatloaf. My last friend was in fifth grade and her name was Kimberly Scott. Her mother felt sorry about what happened to my mother and decided to invite me over for dinner. Kimberly was bossy and insisted that I didn't touch any of her barbies or her stuffed animals. She claimed I had alien cooties and that I could spread my germs to her special friends. Our friendship didn't last long as I had threatened to eliminate her with my special alien powers. Her mother wrote a strongly worded letter to Rick stating that I needed help. It didn't matter anyways, they moved that next summer. I mixed in the green liquid on my plate with what was supposed to be meatloaf when the eerie voice of Rachel appeared behind me. OMG, I didn't expect to find you here, she said hovering over me. I stopped mixing my food and attempted to stand up. Rachel and her group blocked me from moving any further. I sit here every day, what do you want? I asked. Rachel was up and close to my face. I could smell her perfume more strongly now and I could see the tiny acne scars on her face that she attempted to cover up with three layers of foundation. I couldn't believe that only three years ago, I wanted to be her. That was a story for another time. One that could take me all day to explain. I had my justifiable reasons for wanting to be her, one being my mother. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday, I overheard Headmaster Clark, she said. She was standing there with her tray of food. All students had to eat from the cafeteria. No one could leave campus to get food from Grayton Diner. Thank you, I mumbled. I needed to get away from her fast. She didn't speak to me without a reason. I calculated all the things that could go wrong in this scenario, but I never imagined what happened next to happen. We have a birthday day present for you, she said. She was getting ready to shove the tray of food on me before the quiet girl Jessa stepped in between me and the tray. Today's lunch is covered all over her new uniform. Rachel and her goonies burst into laughter as Jessa turned into a tomato. You, I shouted at her. I looked around the cafeteria as people started to notice what was going on. Headmaster Clark doesn't notice the commotion, he's too busy talking to Ms. Walsh. Food fight, someone shouted. A hurl of meatloaf hits Rachel in the head and then the cafeteria erupted in chaos. I don't have time to thank Jessa. I jumped to the floor hoping to escape underneath the tables. Food seemed to cover the entire floor. My pants legs were covered in liquid goo and peaches. I make it to the front door, but a statue blocks my way. I looked up to find Headmaster Clark tapping his foot and scolding me. To my office Miss Jordan, he said.
great another month of detention, I knew it. I picked food off of my clothes and walked slowly to the front office. Last year, I spent nearly every day in this front office. The secretary had my detention slips ready as soon as I walked in. I would get detention for the stupidest things such as not answering a question in class or chewing gum in the gym. Rick was furious because having detention took away from his trips to the casino. He threatened to lock me up longer if I received another detention. I was leaving today so it didn't matter what happened after this. Mrs. Noah, the school secretary, smiled at me as I walked through the doors. She was the nicest person on earth. Good morning, Miss Jordan. Headmaster Clark is wrapping things up in the cafeteria, have a seat. I take a seat across from her. Our school was small and old. The office was run down and hadn't progressed past 1999. Dust covered most of the place and the computer used by the secretary was ancient. It was the only private school in town and we had to make do. The African schools were much worse. I felt eyes watching me from my right side. I turned to see a boy about my age sitting on the other side of the room. I hadn't noticed him sitting there when I walked in. He had to be a new kid because I hadn't seen him around town before. He had a clean appearance with wrinkle-free jeans and a crispy red shirt that was bright against his dark skin. He had in the normal braids that I have seen all American boys wear. Once he noticed me staring back, he immediately looked down at his shoes. The computer made a loud noise as if it was about to explode. Mrs. Noah stands up with a schedule in her hand. Mr. Bean, I have your schedule ready. The bell for the fifth period will be ringing soon. You don't want to miss it, she said with a smile. The boy stood up and took the schedule. He looked a little embarrassed but then I remembered I had food covered all over me. Headmaster Clark stormed in minutes later and I shuffled into his office. I escaped the cafeteria fiasco with three days of in-school suspension. Headmaster Clark claimed he had a soft spot for me this school year. I went to change afterward. The only items I had in my locker were my gym clothes. The hallway was empty after the second warning bell rang for the fifth period. The empty hallways scared me. I hurried to get my clothes, but a sound down the hall stopped me. It was Jessa. Her locker was down at the other end. She stopped to look at me and once again, she opened her mouth to say something, but nothing came out. She was still covered in the food fight clothing. I wanted to thank her again for saving me from Rachel, but before I could say anything she scurried away. I take my gym clothes and go to change. I spent the rest of the school day trying to refocus on my escape plan. Today was my day. My day to finally leave Rick, Rachel, and my mom. Once the last school bell rang for the day, I raced out of school. My feet hit the pavement faster than I imagined. I dodged Rachel and her group by the entrance and took a left which would take me through the downtown square. Our downtown only consisted of a few shops much of them abandoned due to our declining population. A few people lingered around the downtown square. The book nerd, Carter rushed past me. 
The bookstore was new. It popped up last year. I had never been inside and thought a bookstore was for nerds and people with no life. It didn't get much traffic, just that boy. I heard it was run by a former college professor who went crazy. Someone else said he was fired from having an affair with a student. It's a small town, rumors spread fast here. I turned down Smith Street towards our apartment building. I gripped my book bag tighter. In less than 10 minutes, I would reach the doorsteps of our apartment building. The building was a few blocks from the square. It was one of the only apartment buildings in the town. Most people lived in shacks, residential homes, or fancy Victorian houses. The mayor had plans of revitalizing the town. He wanted to get rid of our old trailer park and turn it into a housing community. He already hired a contractor to get rid of the tenants and put the houses up. Inches away from the building I could smell the onions from Mrs. Silverman's apartment. My stomach turned upside down. I held my nose as I walked past her door and climbed the stairs to our apartment. I breathed in knowing that I only had to make it until 7 p.m. I opened the door to find Rick sitting on the couch with a can of beer in his hand. You're late he said in between sips of his beer. I walk past him to my room, but he puts his foot out to stop me. You are late, he said again. He slurs his words. He was drunk. I am not late. It's only 3.20. School let out 30 minutes ago. I got here as fast as I could. He rechecked his watch and removed his foot. I am leaving tonight for the casino. But it's the 13th, I have a project due in a few days. I have to be there, I cried. In the process of going back to his spot, he turned back to look at me. There's a $100,000 game happening. I need to get into the action, he said with a crazed look. He grabbed my arm pulling me into the room. I could fight him, but when he was drunk, he gained super strength. I tried to get out of his reach, but I soon found the door closing on me and the chain locking. There goes my plan to escape.